Howdy to the SoCal Baseball Podcast. My name is Fernando Mendez. I am half of your host here. I am joined here by our other great co-host, Andrew Ciccarelli. Andrew, how are you today? Hey, Fernando. I'm doing pretty good. How's your night going? Uh, it's going pretty well. Okay, um, I'm, I'm going to be real for a second. Is it ever kind of weird for you to like, you know, obviously we have conversations before we start recording, but all of a sudden we start <laughs> recording, we got to act like we haven't been talking for like 15, 20 minutes. I know. I felt weird asking you how your day was when I already know how your day was. I mean, I, <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like we always played off and I'm just kind of thinking in my head like, okay, like, I, yeah. I, I don't think it's crazy for our listeners to to already know like ahead of time, like, oh, hey, we're having a conversation before we push record. Yeah. No, it, no if you're listening in, we totally just call in immediately to start recording. Just Fernando answers the I mean, phone, does the intro. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's really awkward when my dad calls. <laughs> yeah, right. We get a third party. Hey, so and welcome to the SoCal Baseline. It's like, what are you talking about? What's the topic? <laughs> <laughs> like okay what's the topic <laughs> <laughs> i can do this well <laughs> hall of fame i got it yes now actually my dad and i butt heads all the time about the uh the hall of fame but uh, that's something I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about at least a little bit i mean we're not the hall of fame podcast but i mean you know obviously anytime something like that that's big news in baseball happens i, I feel like we're almost obligated to talk about it oh yeah definitely this was a, a really weird hall of, hall of fame voting too so it's a good one to talk about yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. I mean, what this is the second time in our lifetime that uh, what occurred has happened, right? Yeah, just the second time. That's that's amazing, actually. Wait, second time in history or just second yeah, time second, in our lifetimes? I think it's second time in history. Wow, we just keep on breaking all kinds of amazing things, right? It's amazing. <laughs> we got yep. a, we're living through a global pandemic. That no Hall of Famers, like it, not even a pandemic could get Barry Bonds and Roger Clemenson, which is kind of impressive. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it says a lot about what I mean. It, it probably just says a lot about how baseball views them, which I mean is just the uh, you, you know what we're, we're gonna dive into. It. We're, we're gonna leave it there because oh, no. so I stand corrected. Sec, you're you're right. Second time in our lifetime, ninth time ever. Okay, yeah, I was going to yeah, say, so, this is, I, I know it hasn't happened very many times in my lifetime, but to me, I mean, two is a pretty decent amount, especially knowing that it'll, it's only happened nine times. Yeah, that's crazy, because uh, I'm looking at, like, like, in 1996, no one was voted in, but you have, like, six players that were eventually voted in, that'd be Phil Negro, Tony Perez, Jim Rice, Ron Santo, Bruce Sutter, and Don Sutton. It's crazy, because okay. Don Sutton won 300 games. Do you think you would have been a shoe, you know? Fair not. Can you think of anybody who was, this was their last year? There wasn't anybody noteworthy, right? I don't think so. I think I think yeah. all the noteworthy ones are on their ninth year. It should be Barry Bond, Roger Clemens, uh, and Kurt Schilling. Okay, well, before I ask you if those guys are going to get in, we'll wait. We'll wait. So we'll <laughs> wait till we get to that. So um, there's a pretty decent amount of stuff to talk about uh, Unfortunately, if you're a Padres fan listening in on this, there's probably not going to be too much Padres news going on. So we ask that you bear with us. You know, I mean, I, I think most Padres fans have a soft spot for Angels fans and vice versa. 
I've actually kind of found that like most Padres fans are like, yeah, it's cool. I, I like the Angels. It's cool. And then same thing, vice versa. So, yeah, definitely. Not, ex- not exactly a rivalry. Maybe it should be in theory. I mean, I know the <laughs> Padres have that arc, have the arch rivals in Seattle, but you know. Yeah, the Vader Cup. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I kind of want to know if uh, if the Dodgers weren't in the picture, do you think the Angels and Padres would be a rivalry? Yeah, I mean, I feel like just no one wants to be the rivals with the Padres. They're the worst winning percentage of all time for any team. <laughs> I mean, that's probably going to change pretty drastically. Who's second now? Do we know? I know it was Tampa Bay, but obviously they've you know had a pretty good decade, really. Yeah, I think it was the Marlins. It's the Marlins now? Yeah. With their two World Series? Yep. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'll take two World Series and the second worst win percentage. World Series are bust, really. Yeah, me too, man. So they basically Um, just blow it up, have a World Series, and then sell the whole team and do it again in 10 years. I mean, wasn't that kind of like what most baseball teams did? That was kind of like my mindset. Well, like if the Dodgers won, I was like, okay, you know, the Dodgers have been flirting with the World Series for a couple of years now. Maybe if they win, they'll just kind of tear it apart. Hasn't nope. really happened yet, but and it <laughs> no, probably I, won't. Yeah. I wish, man. But, As a Padre fan, I wish. Yeah. They're right? going to be I a mean, super almost, team forever. <laughs> Probably. I mean, almost every other team who's won in recent memory has kind of fallen apart. You got the Red Sox, you've got the Cubs, you have um, the Royals, um, multiple giant teams. Yep. And which doesn't make sense because every other year they were still winning. But you know, <laughs> I know, right? The next year they wouldn't even make the playoffs. So I guess in the grand it's, scheme of things. Yeah, it almost sounds like they partied a little too hard. Then had to take a year to recover. Yeah, the hangover was too good. Brian yeah. Brian Wilson, I think his name was, just pulling his underwear, his thong, oh, out my his shorts. You remember that? Oh yeah, dude, he was he was going way too hard. You go keep that adrenaline up for so long. <laughs> yeah, right. was that his name, Brian Wilson? Yeah, that was Brian Wilson. Yeah, I remember he was a dominant closer for a while there. Yeah, really good. Um, well, since we we're doing what we do best and just getting sidetracked, we should probably talk about what. Uh, today's episode is going to be about so as i said it's going to be a pretty angels focused episode just because they've been making the most news lately so we're going to talk a little bit about the mickey calloway news um we're going to try to keep as much of our opinions out of that as possible but uh you know andrew and i are very opinionated people for better or worse yeah so uh yeah yeah um so we'll we'll go ahead and share whatever news we have about that and maybe talk a little bit about it. After that, we're going to go ahead and talk about Anderton Simmons. Now, Andrew and I have talked a lot about this off the air. And this one, for sure, we're just going to report the facts uh, because this is uh, this can send us down a, a rabbit hole that we don't want to go down. So um, for as far as Anderton Simmons, for that one, we're going to solely report uh, the news that we have and just the facts. After that, we're going to talk a little bit about the move that was recently made to get some arm, uh, to get an additional arm in the Angels rotation. Uh, and then we'll dive into our Padres news, which is about AJ Preller. And then last but not least, we'll probably just uh, talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame, and that'll basically close out the show. Uh, is there anything I'm missing? No, you hit all the bullet points perfectly. And this is definitely proof that we totally beat up before the show. <laughs> 
I'm like, what are you talking about? I just kind of we just telepathically no, you're, figured yeah, this out. You're, you're just like the genius podcast guy. Just came up with this entire structure on the spot. And I really appreciate it. I don't think so, <laughs> but uh, I, I I I appreciate the uh, the kind words. <laughs> All right, so let's get into oh, yeah, the. I was, uh, <laughs> I was letting out a sneeze. Sorry. Um, so before we get started, yeah, I, I figured I'd mute myself before I blow out everyone's yeah, eardrums. We spent like 20 minutes beforehand of him looking for Benadryl. Yeah, it was uh, not a fun time. <laughs> um, you need it, you need it, you know? Yeah, Benadryl is great. So they're, they're not a sponsor, but if they ever want a sponsor, I, I'm all in. Yes. So um, what we used to do, uh, as many of you guys know, Andrew and I have been doing various podcasts, and we've – different kind of topics, started off with the Padres, then we went on to all of Southern California baseball, including the Dodgers, and then we decided the Dodgers weren't worth our coverage, so we dropped them like it's hot. So now we're just doing Angels and Padres. So, But when we were doing a Padres podcast, uh, we used to do this uh, uh, game, Name This Obscure Padre. So in the grand fashion of doing that, um, I kind of want to bring it back, um, and I'm going to ask Andrew to name this obscure Padre. Uh, he's not super obscure in the grand scheme of things. He was a pretty pivotal part of the Padres for, I want to say, about two years, right? Let me check. Um, fairly big name at the time, not so much anymore, and he was part of Okay, yeah, yeah. He, he was part of a pretty notable Padres team. Okay, so like I said, he pitched two years. He won nine games. He had a 2.57 ERA and pitched a total of 139 games. Andrew, name this obscure Padre. He said 2.57 ERA? 2.57 ERA, yep. Won nine games. He was a Padre for for two years. He was a Padre for two years. Shoot. Pitched in 139 games. I'm going to guess Scott Linebrink. No, but I actually was going to pick him originally. (laughs) Do you have any other guesses? I'll give you one more. Um... I do think you'll beat yourself up after. What do you guess? Uh, Donnie Wall. No. All right. <laughs> it's yep. Akaneri Olska. Oh, man. That was a – yeah. That was be, that even – Was he was the that 2004 or the 2017? Like that area? Uh, 2004, 2005? Yeah, 2004, yeah. 2005. So, yeah. 2005 was the first Padres playoff team since, what, 98? Yep. So, that's why I said, you know, a pretty notable Padres team. He was a pretty big part of it, too, right? He was the setup man? Yeah. Yep. He came yeah. over. And I, I think they, uh, he was also really significant because he was traded with Adam Eaton to the Rangers and brought over Adrian Gonzalez and Chris Young. Chris, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, uh, he had a pretty good major league career. Obviously, it was really short. It was only four years. But, I mean, a 6.6 war, 13 wins, 15 losses, was a 2.4 ERA. Yep. I mean, 
the unfortunate part was, I mean, he didn't come to America until he was 35 years old, I want to say. He was in his late 30s. Yeah, I think I think he was 32 his first year at the Padres. But he had, uh, you know, he'd been in the Japanese, you know, uh, the JPPL for like, what, eight years beforehand? Yeah, a long time. That's a long time, yeah. And to start your career at 32, that's missing all your prime. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the fact that he was still able to come over, I, I really want to know what a uh, full major league career would look like for him. Because I mean, he was, I remember him being very good. Yeah, he was, he was really good with the Rangers. I wonder why he retired. Well, I mean, he was pushing 40. Yeah, yeah he was pushing 40. So. <laughs> right, yeah, it's a good time. You know, I'm sure, you know, there's body aches. I, I, did he pitch in Japan when he went over there? Like afterward, I mean. No, that was it after the the Rangers. Oh, lights were out. Okay. I remember he came out to Hell's Bells in uh, Texas. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, he did. I I didn't know that. Was that because he he played with uh, Trevor? Uh, Yeah, I remember. um, Remember the Potters used to do those, like, little, like, commercials? You know, they were, like, 20 or 30 seconds long. Yeah, 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 way back and in the it day. It was like, I think it was for like Channel 4 San Diego. It's kind of like the ESPN one for the, like in the in the corporate offices and like they have like the mascots. with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Know, like in the cafeteria and things like that. So they're basically those little commercials. And uh, I remember there was one with Akin Ariolchka and um, him and uh, a woman, I don't know if it was his wife or not, were like sitting there like playing little instruments. And, I mean, nowadays, I don't think the commercial would have flied because I'm pretty sure it was pretty darn racist. Yeah, I'm looking at but, it right now. <laughs> oh, my God. You're, you're looking at the commercial? Yeah, I'll have to send it to you after. Okay, yeah, please do. Yeah, I remember <laughs> them playing, like, little instruments or something, and uh, Trevor Hoffman was like, you need to come out to Hell's Bells or something like that. <laughs> so, I also remember the little Khalil Green one where uh, – uh, remember Khalil Green always used to hit it to, like, the third floor of the Western Metal Building, so they started calling that the Green Room? Yeah, they did, yeah. And yeah. uh, I remember they spelled his name wrong because his was like with an E at the end. So he had like, like a Sharpie and he was like writing on the uh, on the placard. He's like, they always spell my name wrong. <laughs> so that, that's just what I remember. So there you go. A little dive into Fernando's childhood. Good times. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and I'll watch all of those. Just so you know. I, I'm, is there more? <laughs> I, I, dude, there's got to be a bunch, right? I think they're making those all, all the time. Yeah, I, I guess that's fair. It's just the, the noteworthy ones I remember. I kind of want to know when the Padres stopped doing that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just found a, a Corky's Pest Control with with Aki as, uh, Asuka. And it's just Ooh. him with these like drawn-on ants on barbecue. And he's just smashing it with a baseball bat. It's super surreal. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching a David Lynch movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, no... Uh... I don't really know much about Corky's. Uh, I know my boss isn't a big fan. He said the <laughs> yeah, that's the competition. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know how much we travel. We don't really have much competition. I don't yeah, even say it. that like, I don't even say that like to be cocky. I'm just kind of like, dude, like we need help. <laughs> yeah, I feel like every week I see you traveling to like Chicago or like an entirely different state. Oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll tell you off air about all the places. I'll, I'm basically going to be living in a hotel for three months. It's starting great. in March. So I'll tell you off air all about that. So that won't be very fun. But uh, you do what you got to do to make money, you know? Got to put food yeah, on the plate. Exactly. Um, so I, we should dive into the episode. Ready? Yep. Yep. Let's get into the wonderful news of Mickey Calloway. 
Yeah, this is going to be a pretty depressing like start to the episode with our first couple topics. But um, yeah, Mickey Calloway, do you want to give a little bit of background there, Andrew? Yeah, so Mickey Calloway uh, recently had, I think, five women come out unnamed in the, an athletic article where they accused him of inappropriate sexual behavior and advances towards him. Uh, these included situations such as uh, Mickey Calloway pressuring a reporter to have drinks with him in exchange for information. Uh, I think... Uh, secret information is what he called it. It wasn't even just information. Yeah, secret information. So he was mixing work and you know his private life a little bit too much. And then uh, he was sending explicit unsolicited texts, uh, including no, nude photos. He was asking for nude photos from different various reporters. And the article goes on to state that this was kind of an industry-known secret where basically everyone in media understood what was going on. All the teams understood what was going on. So, Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I think the exact phrase was the worst-kept secret in sports is what I heard or what yeah, I read as that. the exact phrase. I mean, anytime this situation is tied with, quote, unquote, the, you know, the worst kept secret in sports is horrible. Yeah, that, I mean, because when you start thinking of like worst kept secrets, not to say that this is anything even remotely close to the Harvey Weinstein thing, but that's immediately what my mind thinks of. Just someone going around the industry acting in ways that they shouldn't, and everyone knows about it, and it goes on for years before someone finally says something. Yeah, that's a whole other situation. Oh, no, yeah. Harvey Weinstein was a was a dirtbag. I'm hoping Mickey Calloway wasn't that bad, I, like to that extent. And I I feel bad saying that because we really shouldn't be comparing it. Anybody who's um, forcing women to do anything, or or even men, you know, it doesn't matter, to do anything that they don't want to do is just an automatic monster. But uh, please continue. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like. I mean, just looking at the accusations, this is definitely is not like a criminal thing, it looks like. And this is going to be something where yeah. Mickey Calloway is going to be... Yeah, yeah, as far as we know. Uh, I mean, what I, what I really wonder, though, is that this happened along his last three teams that he was involved with, including the Angels and the Mets. And I wonder if he was aware of getting the complaints. And if he was, then... Why didn't he change his behavior after that? Or how was it presented to him? Yeah, no, absolutely. What what I really want to know is, were the Angels that aware? I mean, they must have been, right? So if assuming they are aware, which, I mean, if it's the worst-kept secret in sports, and especially the fact if it's in an athletic article, and, you know, Ken Rosenthal's part of reporting this, they don't just throw random phrases in there. So obviously – there must have this must be well known. So if that's the case, why is he still getting hired by people? Why did the Mets hire him? Why did the Angels hire him? Like this is what background checks are for. Yeah, exactly. And if the Angels didn't know about this, the worst kept secret in sports, then I really, as an Angels fan, would wonder what kind of hiring process that they're doing. Well, I mean, I, I there's a lot of. Uh, there's been a lot of just controversy over around the Angels for a couple of years now. I mean, you had um, the whole uh, issue with Tyler Skaggs and him being able to obtain uh, narcotics through the organization or through uh, somebody in yeah. the organization. 
You had the uh, thing with the illegal substance last offseason with, uh, I forgot his real name, but I know his nickname was Bubba. And now we have this. And all this has happened within the span of like a year and a half. So it makes me wonder, what the hell are we doing in Anaheim? Yeah, What's you, going on? How do you... So, if we believe the attendant, right, he basically talked about how every team was giving foreign substances. But if unless he's lying, then I find it really hard to believe that the Angels didn't know about Mickey Calloway, like what he was, what what he had going on. That they also didn't know what was going on in their own clubhouse with their clubhouse attendant selling illegal substances. Yeah, I, I met him a couple times. Uh, nice guy, but it looked like Guy Ferrari, so I wouldn't trust him. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like a guy that has a good pine tart recipe. That's what you're saying. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he looks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he looks like. Hey, you know, I can't make food at home, and I look like Guy Ferrari. Yeah. Ferrari? Ferrari? I think that guy's, like, redeeming quality as a person. Is that he can, when he's at home, he can cook. I mean, I hear he's the nicest guy in the world, but. Yeah, all I know is I've been to his burger restaurant in Las Vegas. Trash. Trash? Straight up basura. So bad. (laughs) So bad. I mean, just, I don't want a gourmet cheeseburger, and maybe that's the problem. I don't know about you, but I've never once been like, oh, man, I can't wait to have this gourmet cheeseburger. No, I'm just hopping down in and out, you know? Oof, not a fan, not a fan. But uh, uh, much well, more. Maybe you just that. have a burger problem. <laughs> I'm uh, just kidding. <laughs> I like Red Robin. I like Red Robin for what it is. I'm not saying Red Robin's amazing, but where else can I go there? Uh, go to a place, get a burger for six to ten dollars that has bottomless French fries. Let bo- alone the best yeah. French fries like in the restaurant industry. I think. Dude, I, I really want some French fries right now. Like that's you gotta Uber stop eats. French fries. Yeah, I mean I don't think there's an Uber Eats. Uh, Red Robin's might be. Uh yeah, yeah you don't, don't you don't really live live near Tempe. I know I um when I used to stay in Tempe, I used to go to that Red Robin all the time. Yeah, he's the one at Tempe Marketplace. Yeah, yeah, right next to the Portillo. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, we'll we'll save that for the SoCal Burger Podcast. I know we're, we're talking about sexual uh, harassment accusations. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, that's nowhere near as fun. Nowhere near as fun. Um, but where were we on that whole uh, unfortunate situation? I mean, yeah, anytime that you're that there's women complaining through multiple organizations. So it is even like it happened when he was with the Indians. He apologized, and hey, we kind of moved past it. Because I mean, obviously, I'm not saying that that's okay, but people do make mistakes. So you know, if you were to come clean about it, somebody called him out. He was like, hey, I'm sorry. I learned from my mistakes. It would never happen again. And it's a formal apology situation. Okay, well, maybe it's different. But if it's spanning through multiple organizations and there's multiple people who are coming out, I mean, five women so far. Yeah. And it sounds like there's more that just don't want to be named or have any ramifications for their career. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Yeah, he sounds like a wide net casting type of guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. this man is shooting his shot in all <laughs> the wrong re- for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, he's, he's the Wade Gretzky of, like, shot attempts. Yeah, basically. I mean, you know, how you, this this old school mentality for men is like, oh, you know, if you shoot your shot enough times, eventually I'm going to, you know, eventually yeah. it's going to work. I mean, I, I think we're way past that mindset. Yeah. I don't think that's appropriate for today's time. No, he's like 1980s coming of age story jock, you know, like 
like the Karate Kid. What do you say? He want he told the the team doctor who's a female that he has to sleep naked. Uh, yes. So uh, one of the women said that um, he talked. His exact words were like, "Oh, I talked to the team's sleep doctor, and that you have to sleep naked because it's a good for your skin." And that's what he told her. Yeah. Uh, so. There was multiple. There was a woman who said that uh, she just randomly received messages from him one day. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Just got a Facebook uh, friend request from him, and then he came to her in person and started pestering her about why she didn't accept it. And then he kind of forcefully asked for her number. I mean, it, it kind of sounds silly because they're, they work at different companies, but there's definitely a line if you're trying to be professional about mixing being a professional in your private life. And then, you know, so he started pressuring her to get her number, and then he got her number, you know, kind of like repeatedly asking her for drinks, no matter how many times he was rebuffed. And, you know, and then eventually they'd relent, and he'd promise, you know, giving met secrets if they would, you know, get drunk with him. So Horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like slimy behavior. I don't know if it's like lose your career behavior. Um, I think the I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets fired. Really he should. Yeah, I mean just because it's a bad look for the organization. And uh, it's the a bad look day. that it's a really bad look that he's probably been told about it multiple times and he couldn't take a hint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what makes it work. Now I will say that I mean it's kind of a two way street. Um obviously men being inappropriate towards women is never ever ever okay. Nor am I saying that. And once again, I, like I've said before, if that's ever an issue, that's something that should be addressed immediately. And um, there should be absolute um, uh, there should be an absolute price to pay for that particular person. But what I will say is also we live in a different time where it's like it almost feels like you can't compliment a woman. And in no way am I saying that that's what happened here. But it, it's almost I, I don't know what your interpretation is, Andrew, but it's almost like it's weird nowadays to just like look at a woman and be like, wow, I like her sweater. Because it almost automatically gets skewed in the wrong direction nowadays. And I think that just the times we live in, you know, I, I, I think everyone can admit that we live in a much more sensitive time now than ever before. Um, you know, rightfully so in some cases. But, you know, it, 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 I, this wasn't one of those situations. Though. This was obviously forceful. Yeah, this was a situation where he was keeping things going. They described him as being relentless. Uh, you know, going back to your last point, it... I get, you know, I, I get what you're saying. It's hard to compliment people. I mostly, you know, come across an issue is that I don't, it's not that I, I'm worried that they're going to take an offense by being offensive. It's more that I'm worried that maybe what, you know, what had worked for me in the past for complimenting someone just wasn't going to work anymore. And not in like a way of like, like working, working, but like maybe I was completely tone deaf to saying, you know, you have a nice sweater. And I yep. wasn't really understanding the implications of what that meant to the other person. So it's made me think about, like, how I'm communicating a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's also weird because now, you know, as you age, obviously, the way people perceive you is completely different. You know, you can't go up to somebody who's underage and be like, wow, that's a nice sweater. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's no, like yeah. something that was never really even a thought before. I mean, I've, now I'm 26, but, you know, five or six years ago, it was normal. You can go up to literally anybody because they're like, oh, you know, he's a sweet young man. 
<laughs> right. And yeah. it's, you know, you're not even like, and that's just kind of the person I've always been. I've always been somebody who, you know, I don't even mean anything flirty by it. I'm not a very flirty person, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm just very positive and very nice. So, uh, you know, I always try to say something nice about the person like, you know, like I, I'm somebody serving me at a restaurant. Like, wow, you know, I, I, I like how nice you are. Like, oh, you know, great service, great smile, things like that. It's not even because it's anything that's that I, you know, 100 percent. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm at a loss for words. I mean, what are, like, kinda... dude, yeah, you're exactly right. And I, I think it's just part of the process where I think that'll become more normal again in the future. Right now, we just had a situation where a lot of guys are just running amok you know, doing really foolish, aggressive, illegal things that were harming people for a really long time with no repercussions. And we had a huge backlog of just getting justice for these people. And they all kind of just came through at once. And, you know, as a side effect, when you see a bunch of guys coming out and going down for what they're doing, and it's in every industry, and it's like so far pronounced that the people that aren't doing that, they're going to kind of take a negative hit in a peripheral. But it's, I think it's just one of those things where it's, society has to deal with like all the horrible things that men have been doing we as a group we've done a lot and we haven't really paid for any of them so maybe just yeah so i'm okay with like you know backing off or being self-conscious about the sweater thing in the grand scheme of it (laughs) (laughs) but like yeah yeah no that's fair it is something i think about too yeah i mean just human nature yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's just because I, nobody ever wants to be perceived, you know, in a negative way. I mean, you know, you don't want to be creepy. You don't want to be weird. Yeah, and like, it's just, you know, it's uh, but I've also had a situation where I'm like, I, I compliment. So I'm like, wow, those are nice shoes. It's like, oh, I have a boyfriend. You're like, uh, OK, well, I have a fiance. And that's certainly not what I meant. I've, yeah, I've never gone up to someone with my first line being I like your shoes. Oh, I wonder if that's like a, I wonder if that's a common line. No, I don't know about that. I, I, I used to <laughs> I used it at a club once. Did it work? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wasn't trying to flirt with the person. But uh, they were wearing white shoes at a club. So I was just kind of like, I want to go talk to these people because clearly they look fun. Yeah. Anybody's wearing like, white shoes at a club is like. <laughs> they're, like they're like vibrant, they're like shining in the, the neon lights. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they it was a, it was like a, a group of girls and I, they were all like lesbian. So, you know, it was, it was. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I, I like interacting with multiple people of you know different uh, orientations and different you know religions and all that. You know, it's just got to be diverse as a person. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, now now we are getting very sidetracked. Um, I know. It's, it's Mickey, hard to stay, it's hard to stay on Mickey Calloway. It's just like I, you know, what, yeah. do, you think should, what do you think they should do with him? The Angels fire him. Fire him. Yeah, sure. that's my like I said, it's a, it's a bad look. I mean, he's already suspended, and my guess is they couldn't just fire him. You know, there oh, they, there needs to be a proper investigation, quote, quote yeah. unquote, yeah. air quotes. You know, I don't think there's any way he gets out of this. But um, you know, they all, it's also a bad look for the organization for them to just immediately fire somebody. They they need to give their uh, employee at least a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because then obviously it's going to look bad on the organization too because yeah. you know potential future employees players might be like well they don't stand with their players for at least a couple seconds yeah right like they gotta i don't know it's just maybe just cut your losses multiple teams i mean they have to probably do an investigation to make it look like they didn't know it was up that's my final yeah 
that's, that's, that's fair. But I mean, at the end of the day, also, I mean, it seems like there's already been an investigation run. I mean, if the athletic wrote an article about it, there had to already have been an investigation. So. Yeah. They're, they're a legitimate journal source too. So. Oh, absolutely. This isn't like you and I reported something. No. Yeah. Yeah. I heard <laughs> from the, the team bus driver. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's, that's a, real a good source. news source sometimes. Especially if they're, they're driving them all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, Anything else about Mickey Kelway? No, let's put that guy to bed. I don't think any of us are going to hear from him for a long time. Let's hope not. You, you, real quick, do you think he's done in baseball if he does get fired by the Angels, at least maybe for the foreseeable future? Yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, it sounds like he has people that like him a lot, so I'm sure he'll get a job just somewhere that's not front-facing. So you more like a front office kind of job, you know, like the yeah, cracks? Yeah, yeah, special assistant type guy, or he'll work as like a minor league uh, pitching coach or something. Okay, yeah, but I mean, as far as high profile jobs, he's probably done. No more yeah. manager jobs. Nothing no that. More... Yeah, no, no job where people want to interview him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. He'll be like a bullpen coach. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, let's move on. Um, so our next topic is going to be about Andrelton Simmons. As I said at the beginning of the episode, this is going to be something where we just report the facts. Um, you know, we don't really want to speculate too much about what happened or, you know, things like that. I mean, he's pretty uh, active on social media. So if you want to go ahead and form your own opinions, uh, go ahead and follow Andrelton Simmons on uh, Instagram. Uh, he's a great person. I've had an opportunity to meet him several times. Um, he's actually one of the biggest reasons my sister likes baseball. So, so she yeah, she met is. yeah she met him. I don't know if I ever told the story on the on the show, but uh, it was probably like 2016, 2017, and he had just gotten back from uh, from surgery because uh, it must have been 2016. I think it was his first year with the Angels. He was it was Mother's Day and he was diving to make a play. As he dove, uh, his glove got stuck in the dirt. And the rest of his body kept going, but his glove was anchored into the dirt. So <laughs> his thumb literally just split off. I remember him taking off his glove and his finger just flopping around. Uh, yep. That's a great it visual. Was, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was horror. I can never get that image out of my head, and I hope you guys have the same. Yep, but, uh, I got that image. Thank you. I didn't have it but, before, but now I do. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, during his rehab, um, he was riding a hoverboard. If you remember when those were big? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was around that time for sure. Yeah, exactly. Every one of them, every child in America wanted one. Probably around the world wanted one, and they rode at one time, and it's probably still in your garage. Yeah, I don't want some knockoff hoverboard. I want a real hoverboard. So yeah, when yeah, that exactly. tech comes out, I can back to the future. It, I'll be in. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm fully in. But like the skateboard, <laughs> but hovers. Yeah, but, uh, anyway, exactly. Even the pink so, one. So, uh, yeah. so my sister and I are in the Angel Stadium parking lot before a game, and um, I was just taking her to the game that day. It must have been for her birthday. What normally I used to take her every year for her birthday. So, um, we see some guy on a hoverboard with a baseball bat, and I'm like, "Huh, that's weird. That, that, that guy's got to be something." I'm like, "Let's go. Uh, let's go see who it is." And uh, comes on over, and it's Anderson Simmons. Oh, that's so like, cool. oh, oh, sweet. So um, I, I'm like, hey, do you mind signing this baseball for me? And, the, and then he was like, sure, no problem. So he signed the autograph. Then he signed my sister's baseball. 
And as he was signing my sister's baseball, like, it wasn't just like, a, oh, here you go, have a good day. He sat there for about five minutes and just had a conversation with her. Like, oh, hey, you know, what's your, who's your favorite player? Oh, are the Angels your favorite team? Oh, why do you like baseball? How's school going? Things like that. It wasn't like a, it was really cool to just see a player take five minutes out of their day to ask this little girl, like, hey, you know, how's your day going? And things like that. That's super you know, cool. especially at, at that age, you're so well, um, impersonable, impressionable. There you go. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So, you know, he's he's a great guy. Many, many times I was fortunate enough to meet him. But um, the the story came out in the Orange County Register that he oh, – that's the uh, newspaper in Anaheim in Orange County. For those of you guys who aren't aware, just in case you're listening overseas, we do have some overseas listeners. Yep. But um, – Thank you, Pakistan. Had, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Didn't we have a listener in Iran that one time? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, we had multiple episodes in Iran. Oh, hey, shout cool. out. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, right. So as I said, um, he'd report. Uh, they he called the newspaper and kind of wanted to come clean as to why he opted out of the last five games of the season. Uh, for those of you guys who didn't know, he did that. He did in 2020. Uh, Angels had about a week left. He opted out, and it was just kind of a mystery. I I don't know if you remember much about it, Andrew. We were just both kind of scratching our heads. I remember you texting me immediately. Yeah, I remember. You guys were, like, right in the race for the last uh, wildcard spot, too. So it's really confusing. Yeah, it came down to the last three games of the season for us, and he opted out with, like, five games left. So, you know, the Angels were not mathematically limited from the playoffs. If anything, they had a pretty decent shot at the time because they were were hot. They just uh, got done sweeping the Padres. Oh, yeah. Let's not talk about that. That didn't happen. I, I mean, you guys made the playoffs <laughs> and one around. I don't want to hear it. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, like I was saying. So it, it was weird just to think, like, why is, you know, one of the best shortstops in baseball just not playing? And it wasn't even like, oh, hey, you know, let me do a whole interview as to what happened. Sorry, Angels fans. He just fell off. Like, it was like as if he didn't even exist. He was not active on social media. He just He just disappeared. So naturally, everyone's sitting here wondering, and there started to be a lot of negative uh, energy towards Anderson Simmons in just message boards and Facebook groups. Uh, I, I never felt that way. I mean, I, there had to be some reason. Players would just opt out. Uh, I just figured maybe he was really freaked out about COVID. So, you know, I, I tried not to be too critical about the move. <laughs> Sorry, I sneezed again. Yeah. So you go mute real, real quick. Yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to blow out anyone's eardrums. But, um, yeah, so um, I'm trying to think where was I in the, in the whole saga. So, yeah, he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. And it wasn't until his uh, press conference with the Minnesota Twins, which I believe was earlier this week or late last week. And um, Jeff Fletcher from the Orange County Register, who's the Angels beat writer, uh, asked him, like, oh, hey, you know, congratulations, Simba, you know, what happened? Um, and Andrew Simmons decided to decline, and he didn't want to really talk about it. So Jeff just told him, like, hey, that's your right. So never really thought we'd hear about it again. And then just out of nowhere, a couple of days ago, that whole story came out, and you sent it to me. Um, and that's just kind of where we stand now. So I don't know if I'm missing anything or anything you kind of want to add. No, that's a really good look, and 
yeah, I mean, so he's talking about dealing with depression. And he's saying that it's, uh, you know, pandemic-related, just watching how disconnected people are, how many people are dying. I totally get it. Yeah, I mean, you know, mental health is something that uh, I guess isn't really talked about. and It's certainly starting to become more in the limelight nowadays. People are starting to be a lot more aware that, hey, this is a thing that happens. Yeah. And for whatever reason... You know, my first reaction was, and I, I hate to say it, my first reaction, I think what we talked about earlier, was I, I thought about his reputation for being anti-vax, anti-mask. And when I initially heard about it, my first thought was that he was more making a political statement. But, you know, after thinking about it and thinking about my own experience being in a pandemic, you know, I live alone. I was working by myself for a long time. And just watching, you know, what was going on in politics, what was going on across the country. I can see why he would see the world and think it's a really disconnected place right now. So I, I totally get it. I think the in the grand scheme of things, though, that's just kind of the world we live in, period. Like, I think we have just become more disconnected as, as, as a people. And I don't really want to, you know, dive too much into that because that's obviously not what this podcast is about. But I Here think... I think most people will kind of agree that because, you know, technology as a whole, we are starting to, you know, or there's a lot of people who are just kind of introverts already, you know, like you'd rather talk to people on your phone than going out to dinner with them. And, you know, you live alone, so I don't exactly know, you know, how much of an introvert you would have considered yourself prior to the pandemic. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Yeah, I, was out, I was out every day with media with friends. Okay, well, there you go. See, I mean, and, and that's good. I mean, that's kind of, I, I think, how it should be. You know, people should be able to go out, you know. My family was hardly ever home on weekends. I could, you know, I can count on one hand how many times we were ever home past, you know, like noon on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday. You, you guys, you know, I, had, I always saw your Facebook updates. You're always doing something. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like staying home. And it's kind of changed. And I, I, I certainly feel like my life has changed in the Obviously, I, I travel a lot more for work now. So, you know, naturally, when you're traveling all the time, you want to be home more because it's not a privilege you're getting very often. Yeah. But um, it helps that you're in a pandemic, too. Exactly. But I I do want to stay home a lot more now. And I, I, I do think part of it is because, you know, it's it's comfortable now. It, it's I'm used to staying home. And that's kind of what my fear is, you know, once the pandemic is over, if it's ever over. But, um, yeah, so I, it's very easy to see where Andrelton is coming from, and I can very easily see why, you know, he's going through all that and all those thoughts. And it's very unfortunate that uh, he ever even thought suicide was an option. But, you know, that is something that people do, a thought that crosses people's mind as, you know, depression does sin. So, yeah, well said. Glad he was able to get some help, and hopefully if he – thinks that he is going to continue to need help, he can continue to get that help. And same to anyone out there, you know, who feels like, hey, you know, like, I, I, I'm really sad. The only way I can fix this is by killing myself. You know, that's certainly not the answer. But, you know, I, I'm not a therapist. So if you need help, go certainly go ahead and get help. Yep, 100%. Go seek help. Um, anything else we, we kind of want to talk about here? And that's, you know. No, I feel like that. You know that's a very touchy, touchy subject. I think uh, I think I got everything I wanted to say. 
And yeah, uh, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, I could talk about this all day, but you know, if we're just trying to report as many facts as possible without, you know, getting yeah, too opinionated, then yeah. And when it comes to this kind of stuff and getting opinionated on, I feel like I have a like a short leash before I say something that's just absolutely dumb and completely mis you know, misled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, th- th- that, that's fair. That's fair. That's where. Uh, the parlor side of me wants to come out. <laughs> right. I was on that app for a while. It was trash. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you were on parlor? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, a, a, I'm not right wing. She was taking her rig off while she, while she said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was just like, what? I was <laughs> so, like, yeah. I, I, I'm fairly in the middle, but it was a, certainly a weird place. There yeah. was a there was somebody who had a Disney who had a Disney page on there, but uh, it was certainly not Disney. Oh my god! <laughs> I it, it was just yeah, it was just complete MAGA stuff. It was weird. I thought you were gonna but, get into uh, Disney and his previous Nazi like sympathy stuff. No, well, who knows? <laughs> Maybe I, I don't know what part looks like nowadays. I, I think they take the app down, but I mean, I, I think the app is still active, right? If you had it. Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, yeah. So who knows? But uh, yeah, that's that's enough about all that. Um, now let's go ahead and move on to uh, the move that just recently happened by the Angels. So uh, for those of you guys who don't know, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows by now, Alex Cobb from the Baltimore Orioles, or at least formerly the Baltimore Orioles, was just traded to the Los Angeles Angels in exchange for Jemai Jones. Now, Jemai Jones was a top 10 prospect for the Angels. Uh, he was the second round pick, I think, of the 2016 draft. Uh, he was originally drafted as an outfielder, primarily a center fielder. And uh, he played center field for the first couple of years in the minors, but they did uh, turn him into a second baseman. They kind of thought that was going to be his fast track to the major leagues. Unfortunately, his bat just kind of never came around. Um, near the end of 2019, he was starting to show flashes of having some offensive potential and uh, did pretty well in Arizona Fall League uh, in 2019. And that's basically where his story with the Angels ended. Obviously, last year there was no minor league baseball. So, you know, that kind of put a damper on things for Jemai Jones. As an Angel, he did get to make his major league debut. And I think all he did was get to come in a pinch run, and that's it. Yeah, I, think, um, I think he had seven at bats last year. Okay, so he did. Yeah, so he, highest he, batting average all time for the Angels at 429. There you go. See, nice, nice <laughs> sip of coffee. So you should have got a lot more than Alex Cobb for the highest batting average all time. Just gonna come out and say it. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, what do you but, What do you feel about him as a prospect? Like, I know that when I read about prospects, especially with like the Padres, that I kind of envision. What kind of major leaguer they'll be? So what? What did you see him being? I think you and I have talked off the record several times that you and I do tend to fall in love with the idea of prospects. So I will admit that I value prospects maybe a little bit more, and I think you're kind of on the same boat as I am. Not, yeah, you know, not always, but you know, I, I do tend to fall in love with the idea of what they can be. But um, you know, he's been in the organization since 2016. I, I, I do think it's. 
we're, we're certainly at the point now where you should kind of know what you have in him. It's not like a Reed Detmers who we just drafted where it's still like a like a young, sexy name. You're not too sure what he's going to pan out to. But, you know, Jemai Jones, we've kind of seen him develop a little bit. And I think he will be a major leaguer, but I don't think he'll be a huge impact player at the current moment. And I sure hope I'm wrong for his sake. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, looking at stats, and that's probably what's most likely to happen. But then there's something about seeing a minor league player that's 20, you know, double A, he's four years younger than the league, and he hits 20 doubles, 10 triples, 10 home runs, steals 24 bases. You know, it's just something interesting about that. And I don't know, I think it's, I just like seeing a person that has 10 triples and also 10 plus home runs. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think that I. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't like this move already. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to still dive a little bit into it, and I'm sure we'll, you know, grade them like we normally do the move. But I, I don't like this move on paper. I mean, you know, he, I understand he was, you know, he, he's a top 10 prospect here in this organization, but in most organizations that are stronger, he's probably not even in the top 20. Yeah. But. You know, you you probably could have gotten more than Alex Cobb for him, in my opinion. But apparently not. I don't think Perry Manazian makes the move if he could have traded him elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like you guys are trying to save your minor league players. Yeah, I, I, I think that we're basically done for this offseason. I, I can maybe see a situation where they add maybe one, two more uh, under the radar bullpen arms maybe waiver claims and we, we talked a little bit off the air about alex cobb and what we expect him to be for the angels but i mean no i don't i mean if you're just looking to tread water and have someone that's gonna pick up innings and maybe you can figure something out but just looking at his baseball savant site which is uh for you guys who don't know it's a site by major league baseball where you can get basically where people rank in the top 100 percent for different things like exit velocity. For a pitcher, that'd be how hard someone hits the ball off their bat. So, like, the percentage of hits that are hard that they allow, all sorts of things. And Alex Cobb is in the bottom 10% in almost every category. So, yeah, I mean, it's almost like he's not even worth tendering a contract. I, I'm very confused by this move. I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why they felt it was so necessary. I mean, uh, according to Fangraphs, the rotation is worse with him in it. So I really just do wonder, like, what's the mindset? What are we hoping to do here? I mean, is it just an innings eating situation, like you said? Because if it is, I mean, there's a lot of other players who we could have gotten to eat innings. I mean, uh, we didn't really know until yesterday what the official details were. So they are trading Jemai Jones over. And in exchange, the Orioles are giving Alex Cobb and cash consideration. The Angels are only having to pay $5 million out of the $15 million that he was owed. But, I mean, for $8 million, you probably could have just signed somebody to a minor league contract. I mean, the Orioles signed Felix Hernandez to um, a minor league contract. So I'm kind of like, well, I mean, if the Angels were just looking, you know. Yeah, I mean – you guys, there's one wild card with this whole thing, and that's that Joe Madden was the manager for Alex Cobb 
when he was a really good pitcher with Tampa Bay back in 2013 to 2014. Yep. So maybe, you know, Joe Madden, I know he's a pitching coach for a long time. Maybe he sees something in Alex Cobb that other people don't. It was, you know, basically to the GM, just go out and get this guy. We can turn him around. Maybe. I mean, what uh, Perry Manazian said was that he, that they think that he is one or two tweaks away from, uh, you know, being what he was originally. Yeah, so maybe maybe they just saw something, and they saw someone that was really undervalued who was being misused over in Baltimore. I mean, very well could be the case. It's just very hard to see why a, uh, how a starter is misused. Yeah, right. You know, it's very easy to see where a bullpen pitcher could be misused, you know, matchups, things like that. But, I mean, a starter. Yeah, it, it is hard to see. And, you know, his time with Baltimore – I mean, with Tampa Bay, he was really good. He had a 3-5 ERA, uh, you know, 115 games started. He was 48-35. He was a good starter. Then he goes to Baltimore, and he's 7-22 with a 5-10 ERA. 7-22. I didn't even look at those stats. (laughs) That is atrocious. (laughs) That's horrible. 7-22. Yeah, Maybe they, maybe there is just a tweak. Maybe there's something that Joe Madden helped him with originally, and he saw that he lost. Yeah, I mean, for the sake of the Angels, I'm really hoping that that's the case. I mean, Dylan Bundy wasn't exactly somebody who they thought was going to come in and take the world by storm, and he did great. So, you yeah. know, sometimes they just need to change the scenery. I mean, he's never been out of the AL East. In the AL East, I mean, you're facing – Constantly one of the best divisions in baseball. You're facing, you know, you're, you're in small ballparks. I mean, Camden Yards and Yankee Stadium. And if you, you hit a pop-up, it's out of that place. Yeah, exactly. And he started right. the year he started the year really strong last year, too. And I think he, he just, also finished pretty strong. I think his yeah. last two starts were actually decent. Yeah, if, if you actually just – it's his middle three starts. His first four starts, he had a 2.75 ERA. And then his last two starts, he had a 208 ERA. It's this little four-game stretch, which he gets since the third of the season, where he had a 7-3 ERA, and that was where he placed Toronto, Boston, Toronto, New York Yankees in a row. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, especially with the way the last season's divisions were worked out and the teams you face. I mean, he faced very good teams all year long. I mean, the AL East was strong, and the NL East was, you know, had yeah, some very no, good teams. Yeah, just look at the teams he faced. There's Boston, Tampa Bay, Miami. I mean, Boston Miami's was weird. arguably one of the worst teams last year in, in that he faced, which is weird to say. Yeah, he actually he dominated Boston. He uh, he won every game he started against Boston, 3-0. He had, like, a 1-8 ERA. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, then he had to go. It was basically the issues he had was just Toronto – and New York. If you take out the Toronto and New York teams, his ERA is like a one nine. Yeah, and I mean Toronto and New York have very deep lineups. So. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Toronto hit what eighty eight home runs in sixty games. So they have yeah, a lot of power. So, yeah, they're they're going to be good for a while. Yeah, that was a dominant lineup. Absolutely, they got better. So, um, yeah, it's not 
the sexiest move, and I, I'm not a huge fan. Honestly, I think they could have gotten way more out of Jemai Jones, but as I said earlier, I mean, apparently not, because if they could have gotten more for him, they would have gotten more for him. Maybe. I mean, the Padres basically just gave up four guys that haven't played a pro ball game and got you Darvish. Yeah, I mean... I don't think any of the moves the Padres made that were going to hurt them besides maybe giving up Luis Patino. Yeah. And, I mean, that's – the Rays trade will probably hurt, like we said, in about five years. But the Padres are, you know, in World Series contention territory as we currently stand, especially next year if Mike Clevenger could come out and even be a fragment of himself. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that's he doesn't even need to come back and be the guy anymore, which is you know a huge benefit to him and the Padres. I mean, how much pressure does it take out off of him? Because if the Padres wouldn't have made gone out and made any big pitching moves, it was you know he would have had a lot of pressure because people are expecting him to come back and be that guy. Now he doesn't have to be. Yeah, you make a good point. So you know. I don't know what they're expecting out of Alex Cobb. I mean, he's certainly a number five starter. Though the only thing I could I, I'm thinking right now is going on in the Angels' mind is, you know, we were almost a playoff team last year, so let's just kind of ride the wave, see how we're doing. We added two arms that are fairly reliable. We'll eat, eat innings. I mean, Jose Quintana had some injury risk, yeah. So they're probably hoping that he can come back and be average. Uh, I actually like Jose Quintana, so I'm hoping he can, you know, be an average pitcher for us. Yeah, no, I think I think you guys do have a, a good rotation in the making. You have a lot of potential. Yeah, I mean, especially if Otani can come back and be 2018 Otani. If we can get 10 wins out of him and anywhere of about 15 to 20 starts, I'm okay with it. And is it looking like he's going to start the year in rotation? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's going to start the year um, since he's technically two, not on the roster, but he can rehab as one player and the very next day be in a major league lineup um, because of the rule they implemented last year. I think that's going to go a long way to getting him ready as a pitcher. I, I don't think any of us can ever understand how difficult it is to rehab as a pitcher and that same night be in a major league lineup. Yeah. So I think that probably took a toll on him, you know, and then not to mention everything that was happening. You you don't know what he was going through as far as coronavirus. Yeah. So, you know, we don't know any kind of any additional stress that could have brought on him because of his family or whatever. Yeah. It's a really tough situation to, to analyze since last season. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I'm sure all of that stuff combined probably hurt him in the long run. So hopefully that isn't the case this year. And hopefully if he has some time to properly rehab and pitch in, I would say, probably anywhere from five to ten minor league games, I think his arm is going to be a lot better. His his um, accuracy is going to be a lot better. Yeah, 100%. Why did I say accuracy? This isn't football. Command is going to be a lot better. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I got what you're saying. I got the gist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I'm guessing that's the whole reason they made the Alex Cobb move. I mean, it all just kind of tied back together. They're obviously hoping Otani can be a front-of-the-rotation piece. 
Uh, Andrew Heaney, they're kind of hoping he can have another decent uh, above average season like he had last year. They're hoping Dylan Bundy can be in the Cy Young conversation like he was last year. You know, I mean, you really only need three good pitchers for the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. You, so I, you I think can you have got, a three-man rotation. I think you got the potential there. You can drop yeah, out. Maybe Alex Cobb turns out to be like he was in Tampa Bay. And you guys really just take the world by storm. Because if he is that pitcher, and he's that, that guy that can go out there with a sub-three ERA, then maybe, I mean, you know, you know what? Be I'll, take, I'll take eight to 12 wins from him. I'll take, you know, as close to 160 to 200 innings as we can. So anywhere in that zone would be amazing. Obviously, 200 innings doesn't really happen nowadays. But, you know, anything over 150, 160 innings is probably what we would want. And an ERA under 4.2 would be stellar. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I'm not expecting him to come out here and be Yadarvish or Blake Snell. (laughs) <laughs> so what do you grade the trade? C minus. Yeah, I'll give it I'll give it a C. But with the potential to go way high if he outperforms. Like if, yeah. if he turns if he turns out to be anywhere close to back in the day, then that's an A. There's gotta be something, man. There's gotta there's there I, I I'm just hoping that there's, you know, more to it than we know. Yeah. I, I'm really hoping this 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 works out because, you know, I, I understand why they got rid of Jemai Jones. I don't think he's super necessary. I mean, you have David Fletcher for, what, like four more years minimum? Yeah. Because then... he's – I don't even think he's in arbitration yet. So, yeah, I think you have this year and then he hits arbitration. So after this, we have three more years. Yeah, so you got to put so, that control. Exactly. So second baseman's under control. Um. We have uh, what's his name, Franklin Barreto, that we just traded for from the Athletics. Yep. So uh, obviously he's another question mark. We have Luis Renjifo, who's another Franklin Barreto type of guy, and he's under contract for I think four to five more years, just like Fletcher. So we don't need Jemai Jones. I just wish we could have maybe gotten somebody a little more high quality, but. C minus, you give it a C with the potential of an A. Um, anything else about Alex Cobb? I'm getting depressed. Yeah, no, I, th- I think we're good on that one. Let's move on to the that good news of the night: the Padres extending AJ Preller through 2026. Great news! Great yeah, news! Is, yeah. It's so weird how we go from last season, before the season at least, talking on our podcast about how man AJ Preller's got to figure it out. He's about to get fired. Yeah, to all of a sudden now he's back to being the Rockstar GM, put together a rotation yeah. of, yeah, Darvish, Blake Snell, added Musgrove. Like, just a crazy what he's done to the team in the last two years. Is it a, is it a little weird, too, that the Padres haven't really made any uh, lineup moves, you know, to maybe bolster the – they really have nothing to bolster. I mean, they got I mean, a catcher, first baseman, really, so – I mean, their catcher was one of the best best last year when it came to, like, wins above replacement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this Universal DH pans out. Cause yeah, exactly. Because they end up bringing back the Universal DH, and, well, that kind of changes everything. Yeah. And, I mean, I think they're even covered there because they 
it'll kind of be like what they're doing last year where they'll be running out, you know, Jerks and Profar on DH or Tommy Pham in DH. Or you could, like, rotate in Will Myers. So, I mean, they had they had one of the best offenses of baseball last year. Their team OPS was 800. So there wasn't really a lot to do there. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty set. I don't think there's a lot of moves that AJ still needs to make. I mean, perhaps the back end of the rotation is still a pretty decent question mark but i mean yeah i mean i, I think it's just that you know they maybe some bullpen moves they need to make but even their projections there they look great i'm honestly just in shock this is what i'm looking at for a Padres team yeah i mean as far as talent goes i think it's certainly the most talented Padres team we've ever seen yeah if we're just talking pure talent and pure potential have you seen the uh projected standings on fan for 2021? No. So let's check out what the AL West is. I think all so, this is also pretty dependent on if the <laughs> Dodgers end up getting Trevor Bauer. Because I know his name has been swirling around with the Dodgers and the Mets. So so the Angels are actually projected to finish second by the Astros with a 52% winning percentage, which would be... Oh. Enough for them. Let me see if they make a playoff spot with that. They'd be vying for the second wild card spot. Okay, and that's assuming there's no extended playoffs. Yeah, assuming there's no extended playoffs. The Angels are looking pretty good. Um, as far as like that winning percentage goes, that puts them in the top ten in baseball. You know, the one thing I will say about the Angels and the Alex Cobb move is that the Alex Cobb move didn't make the Angels worse. I'm not going to go, go, you know, as far as to say that it made them better, but it certainly didn't make them worse, in my opinion. I know Fangraphs, you know, had their go down once they got him because, you know, he took away innings from other guys like Patrick Sandoval and Jaime Berea. But I, I don't think the move makes him uh, worse. Yeah, and if he does better than he did in Baltimore, then it makes him better. So it's not – exactly. Yeah, you're either treading water or you're getting better. Exactly. And the one thing I'll say about the Angels' offseason moves is, though none of them have been sexy, if you will, um, they're the only team in the division that hasn't gotten worse. The Astros have gotten worse. The Athletics have gotten worse. But the Angels haven't gotten worse. Have they gotten better? Eh, that's up for interpretation. But they are the only team that hasn't gotten worse this year in the division. You know, if you make the the Bundy takes another step forward from even where he was last year, you know, it has that like Kevin Brown type season, and you guys get to the playoffs, you could you could ride a single pitcher, especially with your offense. If Mike yeah, Trout, I mean, the Giants hitting. did it with Madison Bumgarner, so exactly. And I mean, once again, especially if Shohei Otani is yeah. somewhat average. Yeah, or even able to come in and pitch like two or three innings, or like shut down with a high velocity fastball. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's just kind of a bullpen game from there on out. So, you know, there's certainly potential, but I mean, I've, I've been saying that for years. I mean, I, this is my team, so I'm going to keep on saying that until the day I die. But, <laughs> you know, I also always tell my fiance that we're a family who likes losers. I mean, she's a Ducks fan. I'm an Angels Coyotes fan and a Broncos fan. The Broncos aren't winning Super Bowls. They're losing every game. So, yeah, exactly. Family who likes losers. <laughs> Yep, and I'm from San Diego, and I don't think San Diego's ever won anything. 
That's true. And and you're you said you're still. Uh, oh, I won't say who your closet football team is, well, unless you want to. Say it, so. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I still casually follow the Chargers. Yeah, like casually I, follow the Chargers as he uh, has a Herbert jersey in his closet. Yeah, it's like that relationship where like you break up and you tell everyone you're over it, but like in secret you're like pining for that person back. Yeah. Yeah, in <laughs> secret, you're still like following them on social media. I, I see <laughs> yeah, I made a, I made a burner account to follow the Chargers. Oof. <laughs> Andrew Andrew likes chicks. Is it is what it is? Except yeah. it's spelled like your last name instead of like C C H I C K S. That makes me sound like I'm from Alabama. That's true. That's true. I like we, chicks, we, but only family chicks. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, so anything else uh, as far as AJ Preller? I mean, here in the extension, I don't. I, I, he's he's the Padres have had the best offseason. He's had the best offseason by far. You know, yeah. could that change? Obviously, I mean, we're still what about two three weeks away from spring training, but no. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, if he, I'm still waiting for that Fernando Tatis Jr. extension. He's now the cover of what is it? Um, the show Baseball Digest. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is AJ Preller on baseball? <laughs> baseball America? Yeah, can you imagine if AJ Preller was the, the head of the show? <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a custom of that. Yeah, dude. Uh, I will say, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. kind of got shafted because, yeah, he is on the cover, but this is the first year that the um, deluxe edition and the whatever they're calling it normally is Hall of Fame, which is the third highest. Um, will not have his photos on it. Oh, that's Second crazy. Third tier. It's only the the standard edition that will have his face on it. Yeah, that's nuts. That's a shaft for sure. I will not tolerate this. Well, I mean, <laughs> the uh, second and third tier are Jackie Robinson Foundation, and uh, they're donating money if you buy it. So. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, no offense to Tatis Jr. I think I'm going to get the Jackie Robinson edition, but it's also because uh, it comes with the collector's hat if you get the highest tier. So I want the collector's hat. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to have cross-platform, because I saw it's coming out on Xbox now. Oh, if it's going to be uh, cross-platform gaming? Yeah, like if uh, if people on PlayStation can play people on Xbox or on PC. Maybe. Do you have an Xbox? I have a, I have a PC, though. And if it's on Xbox, that means it's on PC. It's on PC. Okay. We, we, are, would you buy it? Yeah, yeah if I could, we should put, definitely run some games if it's cross-platform. Uh, yeah, it'd be fun. Um... Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to our last topic. Yes, the Hall of Fame. Hall Enjoy. of Fame. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, how long could it really be? No one got in. So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you and I had this exact conversation last year where we were talking about Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds not getting in. I think the difference is that you and I predicted that they would get in this year because we didn't think anybody else was going to get in, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, exactly. We were like, well, no one else is going to get in next year. So, yeah, it's yeah crazy. they're probably going to get in, and it didn't happen. I just don't think they're ever going to be able to convince anyone in that last, like, 25%. Like, 35% of, like, really hardcore anti-steroids people, because they only went up, like, half a percent last year. Yeah, exactly. I don't think... They haven't really gone up at all lately. I, I think originally they started off in the – they were pretty low, both of them. I want to say they were like in the teens maybe, maybe the 20s. Yeah, and exactly. And then 
went up a little bit, and then we've kind of been increasing up. We've been trending upwards, and I definitely thought this was going to be the year. Yeah, it was, I mean, they're close. I guess this could be something that the Hall of Fame is going to have to decide on, like what to do with steroid people. I mean, they, they also took down some people's lives, too, in those court cases. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing, though, is like, I mean, Barry Bonds was never – he was never fined. He was never proven guilty. So, I mean, it's just allegations. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, but I definitely will say uh, next year, I think it is, when Alex Rodriguez is, is eligible, he will not get in 100%. If these guys aren't getting in and they just have allegations, A-Rob will certainly not get in. He yes, was, but he's a part of the media, though, and they all like him. Yeah, maybe now they do. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting, man. It'll be interesting. There's no way. There's no way he gets in, right? I think the, the. I mean, they let Pudge Rodriguez in. He got named in Jose Canseco's book. Didn't Canseco say he directly injected him? Uh, I don't know about all that. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Well, so aside from Pudge, then, there, do you personally think there's other people who are in the Hall of Fame who have juiced? Yeah, Jeff will? Bagwell for sure. <laughs> Okay, and wasn't there some Mike Piazza allegations? Oh, yeah. I mean, he went from being the last draft pick overall to being the greatest offensive hitting catcher of all time. Yeah, so, I mean, not out of the realm of possibility, so maybe. Look at these guys, you know? Like, they're gigantic. I've been weightlifting my entire life. I'm not Like, you can't get, like, 22-inch arms without steroids, you know? Yeah, it's fair. Creatine? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's creepy, Rough sports? Check out Rough Sports. Check it out. Check out Rough Sports. Use our code. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So I know I asked you this exact same question last year, but this is their ninth year eligible. This was their ninth year. So that they have one more shot before it goes to the veterans committee. Do either of those two guys get in? Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, that is. No way. I'll bet all your salary next year. Not mine, though. I don't want to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> so neither of them are getting in. I mean, yeah. it, it would have happened by now for sure. I mean, if it didn't happen, this was the year. If it would have yeah. happened this year, this would have been the, the time. There'd have to be some, like, come to Jesus moment where we find out that, like, Derek Jeter was juicing the whole time. And everyone just says, fuck it. This is what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, I, last year you were on record saying that you thought it was going to happen. Yeah, I thought I thought I was making enough progress. And then just seeing how little it went this year and how adamant the people that were against them were. Yeah, I certainly have a couple friends who were on that. And I, I find it a little, little irritating because it's just like, well, you know, at the end of the day, say whatever you want about the steroid era. But that was in a time where baseball was – not exciting to a lot of people. You know, the sport was slowly starting to die in popularity. And the steroid era did kind of bring some energy back into. Dude, it was more fun watching guys on steroids, I'm going to admit. It was fun watching. <laughs> it's fun when you have people going for the home run record every year. It's fun when you have people coming in and throwing 103 miles an hour in the ninth inning after pitching for nine innings, you know? Yeah. Like, when I think about, like, now and how – lightly used everyone is and how that wouldn't have to be so much the case if everyone was on steroids like you would have 
more guys throwing 240 innings if there are people on steroids, you know, because it makes you heal faster and recover faster. Yeah. Has other side effects, but it's fine. I mean, we don't need to talk about, you know, the side effects of heart attacks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. entertainment, nobody, right? <laughs> oh, nobody cares about that stuff, right? Yeah, we're, we're here to be entertained. We're not yeah. here for health lectures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boo, nerd. <laughs> we don't need that. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, for what the steroid era was, dare I say, I think it was good for baseball at the time. You know, maybe not good for the long term, because obviously now we're sitting here in a situation where these people are being punished for, you know, I, obviously Major League Baseball had to have known this was happening, right? Yeah, they had, yeah. They, they, they turned their cheek. They did, yeah. It was kind of like a, um, it's kind of like a, just a un, it was like an unspoken thing that everyone knew what was going on and it really worked out for the game of baseball at the time. And now it really hammered it like home, how bad it was in the last 15 years, because, you know, the side effect of all that was people thinking that the game lost integrity. Yeah. And I mean, you know, now it's like I said, I mean, obviously there is some long-term effects. And as you said, people think the game lost integrity, but you know, maybe the hall of fame does have to figure all that out. Well, you know, will there be an asterisk? Will there be a, steroid it, era wing in the hall of fame who knows it probably would have been better to just if they had just ignored it <laughs> i hate to say it and kind of did what the nfl does and says you know these guys got suspended they did their time but they're still eligible for everything you know yeah like steroids aren't going to stop antonio gates from getting the hall of fame in the nfl no certainly not so uh, anything else about the Hall of Fame? Uh, well, real quick, we didn't really talk about Kurt Schilling. Um, do you think Kurt Schilling gets in next year? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, he's he should, all things aside, you know, and he's really close. He's at like 72%. Even after still... all the, the after him being a known racist and after the, uh, the remarks he made toward the baseball writers? Exactly. I mean, when you wish for the people that are voting you in to die or be beheaded, or whatever it was, that's not a good look for getting voted in. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, who's his competition next year? David Ortiz, who's probably getting in? Yeah. Who also has steroid allegations. Yeah, in a negative test, right? That was leaked. Uh, I think so, yes. Yeah, so... But he does have allegations, is, is all I was saying. He also has allegations to being the greatest clutch hitter of all time. Yeah, right. And who else was there who's... People are projecting he's going to get it next year. Um, somebody else, right? I, I think first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Okay, well, either way, David Ortiz is probably going to get in. I'm guessing. So, I mean, him and Kurt Schilling together, two Boston guys. Yeah. So, let's see. I think I'm pulling up the first timers next year. So we have Alex Rodriguez. No. And, and then we have David Ortiz. Then you have like Mark Teixeira, Jimmy Rollins, Jake Peavy. So I, th- I think it's just uh, I think it's just Alex Rodriguez is your your shoe in if he wasn't on steroids. I wish Jake Peavy would get in. I know he won't. If he's he certainly won't get in. He started off like looking like he could be a guy like that, then he got hurt. Yeah, and then he had a bunch of off the field issues. Yeah, it looks like his family really got him, took him over the barrel. 
It's really sad. Yeah, right. I think it. I don't buy. I don't buy autographs, but I was actually looking at buying a uh, Jake Peavy because I mean I. Uh, Want to support him? It, yeah, it's also probably really hard to get his autograph nowadays. I'm sure he doesn't sign anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just like a Khalil Green autograph. I, I ended up getting one, actually. I have a Khalil, autogram, uh, Khalil Green autograph. I got him to send a Lake Elsinore Storm card a long time ago. Yeah. That's really cool. So, yeah, I bet you um, don't find anything anymore. No, I think last time I heard he was like a secretary in like an office building. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, he's he flew under the radar as much as he could. But it's a shame. He was a great player. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, so I think that's just about going to do it out of us. I mean, we had some uh, very, very big topics. We talked about Mickey Calloway. We talked about Anderson Simmons. We talked about Alex Cobb. We talked about uh, really everything. In yeah, between. life, death, depression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a tale of two cities. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but it was um, the best of times I, for sure. Yeah, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, when it's time to record our next episode that there's some news worth talking about. I mean, really, the, uh, this is a pretty eventful episode in the grand scheme of things. So I shouldn't be complaining that much. Yeah, definitely. What do pitchers and catchers report? I think it's supposed to be like two weeks, right? I mean, assuming there's no delay. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, February 13th. So 10 days, guys. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about the uh, uh, MLB proposal and it getting rejected by the Players Association. Oh, yeah. So that's that, that's definitely I good. mean, that's going to be transpiring for a little while. So I'm not too uh, too upset about not covering that today, uh, you know. But yeah, we'll, we'll give any updates as needed, guys. Absolutely. Um, so go ahead and follow us on uh, Twitter for those updates at SoCalBaseballPodcast. Uh, go ahead and check out our sponsor, Rep Sports. Make sure you use our code, SoCalBaseball. Yeah. So you can go ahead and receive your discount, 10% off. Whoop, whoop. That's yeah. better than getting basically your tax covered. Yeah, it's but, that uh, shipping covered, guys. Exactly. Either way, very generous of them to do that. So Rep Sports, check them out. Once again, SCB Pod is the discount code I just checked. So SCB Pod. There we uh, go. Andrew, anything you want to go ahead and uh, close the show out with? Say goodbye and that stuff. Yeah, bye guys. Thanks for uh, checking in. Yeah, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Social distance, wear your mask, stay as safe as possible. If you can vaccinate, vaccinate. Yeah, yeah. And we. We hope to have all of you guys back for our next show. Have a good night, you guys. Good night, guys.